0: Welcome to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast, where I've made it my mission to help beauty professionals, creative, and independent entrepreneurs like you find the tools, inspiration, and motivation to unlock the abundant life you know you are meant to be living. Each week, you can expect epic guests and solo episodes sharing every tool, trick, and skill set I've learned on my own 20-year journey to grow and scale your life and business. I'm your host, Jessica Bergio, former salon owner turned beauty business mentor and crazy multi-passionate entrepreneur, here to share incredible stories and insight about how others got started and the unconventional path they took to get there. My goal is to inspire you to reach your business and life goals with confidence to achieve your dream life through creating non-negotiables and boundaries without sacrificing your personal well-being and relationships. I know firsthand how real burnout can be. So if you're ready to stop the overwhelm and get clear and focused, you're in the right place, babe. Let's jump right in. I'm going crazy. Oh, hello, hello and welcome back to the Beauty Inspires Beauty podcast. I'm your host Jessica Burgio and We have an epic guest for you today. She comes all the way from Bali by way of Australia, correct?
1: Uh, Close. I'm a Kiwi and I live in Bali. Yeah, New Zealander.
0: Right. So Kate is the host of the incredible She Leads a New Future podcast and founder of She Leads Live, which is an Australian and New Zealand number one leadership empowerment event. She is a true mentor to women worldwide to unlock their potential, grow their big vision and become who they are here to be. I love that. You truly believe leadership is already within each of us it's something that just needs to be activated and mm-hmm. i really never thought of it that way so i can't wait to dive in with this welcome to the show kate mm,
1: thank you so much for having me jace
0: oh it's my pleasure thank you for making the time we're on opposite sides of the world right now so it's 9 30 in the morning for her and 6 30 at night for me and um kate and i met in a mastermind that i was coaching in and she was part of and it's always interesting when as i'm doing this coaching work i get put with people who are at a higher level than I am. And I'm never afraid to admit that I'm in situations like that, but the whole point of coaching is connecting and helping someone be held accountable, work through whatever it is that that's coming up for them. But through that, we we started this relationship and we stayed in touch and it's, it's been a blessing to get to know you and watch you from afar. I definitely respect all the things that you're doing. Um, I was just telling her, I was watching her daughter because her daughter just moved off to New Zealand at the age of, 18, 18 to go yeah. on entrepreneurial journey. So Kate, your story is pretty epic and I feel like we could talk about it for days, but I'd like to kind of reverse engineer how you guys are in Bali now. I, I want to know when was the turning point when you guys, I know you went to visit, right? Bali, that you guys mm. decided that where you, where you were, you kind of either outgrown or it wasn't fitting what you needed in your life anymore. And you guys decided to make a big <sighs> Bali.
1: In a nutshell, we were actually thriving where we were, and we were loving where we were. So it's really it, was, it really was a bit of a curveball. I just went on a holiday, and four-day holiday, day two, I'm like, oh, my God, this place. And I was just so moved by the place. And then while I was there, I kept seeing, oh, wonder, like, what would it be like to live here? And then, you know, I'd be walking along the street and see a soccer field, and I'd see, imagine my son playing soccer there. Or I would walk in and I saw this incredible school and I was thinking what it would be like if my daughter went there so I think a few days of continually seeing myself and our family live there by the time I went home I was like oh my god family sit down mama's got a crazy idea and within two weeks we had booked our flights one way and we sold everything and it was such a risk because our entire business model was based on live monthly live events in person in New Zealand where our client base was so to move to Bali with one-way flights um, and you know people think it's really cheap here and there are a lot of things that are cheap but schooling like we were paying 50 grand a year for the um, for the schooling here so it wasn't like we had to we had to make big changes big decisions to be able to pull this off back when we moved here so you know it was risky it was all the things like what if it failed what if it's just like my God, I just had like a whim, but um, the thing that kept and has driven me um, since back when I used to work as a registered nurse and I nursed people who were at the end of their lives and I would constantly hear conversations about regret, I thought to myself, well, what if we don't go and in the future, I say to, we say to each other, you know, Fuck, imagine if we had have gone to Bali, what would it have been like? And so even though we didn't know why we were going, and I don't really think there's any why, I think we do just carve our path and we just have it work, and we make new decisions. But, you know, looking back seven years later, we wouldn't, I don't think we wouldn't have grown to the extent that we have if we hadn't have pushed ourselves to um, basically jump off the cliff, um, cut ties with the business model we had. So we had to figure shit out. It was like building the plane fast as we were, as, as we were flying down. Um, so we were forced to create a new business model and that really instigated so much growth by moving here that we hadn't have foreseen. So it was really cool because me you and know, my daughter just, as you said, moved back to New Zealand. And when she did, she actually thanked me just before she left. She said, mom, I just want to thank you for us for moving us here. She said, I couldn't see it at the time. But now looking back, I can see this expansive view that I have because I've been growing up, you know, I've grown up with multicultural friends and with different viewpoints on life. So I just want to say thank you.
0: Oh, cool, man. <laughs> and I can go now. I've done my job as a mother. <laughs> I feel yeah. my job. Uh, oh my gosh! Oh, I can't wait. I hope one day my son says the same thing to me. Um. Okay. So this now, because I know a little bit of your backstory, this move had to come from a place. This is just me guessing that you've mm-hmm. gone through so much in your life prior to you coming from being a nurse and getting into this leadership role. I know you did a lot of things to grow that community while you were still nursing and doing that, that community stuff mm. there. I read you were doing these things in the, in the office or you were getting people together after work. Um, but because you had gone through things when you were younger, I feel like, do you think that that made it a little bit easier for you to come home and make the decision to just like, I will regret this if I don't do it, or I don't want to regret this. So therefore I'm going to do that because you even just, you say it and you even just, people are probably listening like, yeah, right. I could never like, sounds great. Must be nice. Or, you know, the thought process of picking up your whole family, not just you and moving Mm. to another country, like mind blowing. So where did that decision-making ability come from? Because I feel like you are very good at making the decisions that need to be made.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Decisive. Um, Decisiveness is a huge muscle that I've I didn't used to actually have. And um, yeah, I've definitely had pivotal moments in my life where I've just had to say to myself enough is enough and it's time to actually use my life and not have it be wasted. Just a bit of context for whoever's listening. Um, I've had anorexia and I had a um, meth addiction and the, the final kind of real turning point for my life was you know, lying on the ground with a needle hanging out of my arm And um, that night, I thought I was going to die. And so that was a decision right then and there was um, like, I I have to use my life for something, I have to use these experiences. And so I guess I've got quite a big context that then coupled with the nursing, and then just, you know, seeing people dying and um, having kind of had an like an unfulfilled dreams in their heart, and having not been true to themselves. And um, yeah, I I just I don't want that. And I, I guess like, Like, I consider death a lot. I know that might sound a little bit morbid, but um, considering our own mortality and the fact that, you know, like newsflash, we're actually going to end up in the ground. Kind of pausing just to let that sink in for a moment. And I know it's like Captain Obvious, but that is the reality of it. And no one's gonna remember any of this. And it doesn't kind of matter how even big we think we get. People still aren't going to remember us in a hundred years time. It's actually not as significant as what we're kind of making it out to be. So I was thinking, you know, worst case scenario. And that's often these two couple of things that I play out. One is, will I regret not giving it a go and seeing where it went? And then the second thing is worst case scenario, what's going to happen? So worst case scenario, um, we just fly back to New Zealand and we started like, we just buy our food go out, buy some more furniture from the fucking op shop because we sold everything. <laughs> and I was like, worst case scenario, can I deal with that? And I think we've got to look at those two paths. And when you weigh up, okay, worst case scenario, we fly back, I actually took an emergency credit card over and it was like a break in case of emergency for emergency flights home if, the, if like the shit crumbles down. And i got to say, it was, it was intense at times. It was so fucking bad at times. But um, we, we just managed to not break the emergency credit card and keep going. But the, the payoffs were huge. And I think we have to consider that if we're just making decisions from fear or a, um, just how things have always been, we don't get to grow and see what's beyond that. And I think we have so much capacity, so much capacity. Life can be so juicy. That's the other thing, like really ridiculously juicy. But it, we've got to go through journeys of risk and obstacles to really um, get ourselves into positions that it can just get juicier and juicier. Wow.
0: Oh, I love that so much. I, like I could just listen to you talk forever because you've gone through so much in your life. And I feel like you've lived a couple of lives um, and you're still, <laughs> still so young. It's like, so through all of that, but you started the live events long before you moved to Bali. You had your whole mm-hmm. other business before you moved over there and did this huge transition. So- How did you know that you were meant to get on these stages and lead women like what is it the driving force that that gets you up or keeps you up at night thinking somebody needs to hear this message. There are people out here that are suffering and need me to lead them or show them or teach them that there's a better way or to unlock whatever it is that they're playing small or holding back from.
1: Yeah. Oh, it literally. And I know this sounds cheesy. That you know, there was a pivotal moment in my life. But the reality was, like that moment, like lying there with the needle hanging out, it was since then. Like I made a decision that, and I think it was, I had to make this decision. And in reflection, I can see it because it gave me some meaning from the experiences that I had, and it made me feel a bit more purposeful at a time where I had just sort of like no purpose and hope. But the meaning I made was. What if I went through those things so that I had a unique experience and perspective so that I could help some others? So that was, so the earlier stages I started getting, I started talking and speaking up and started helping and coaching for free. And I coached for free for two years and I didn't see any of this. But, and then we started running little events that we also like charged nothing and or a koha, which in New Zealand means donation. So you could just come along and it kind of like helped offset some of our costs with hiring venues. But then here's the thing, I guess each step of the way, although I hadn't seen where things are at now with running our big, huge, huge events, each step of the way, I would just push myself to the next thing that I felt called to Mm. and push myself to the next thing. And then really playing full out at that level. And that used to terrify me because I've had incredible anxiety And I used to be so anxious to talk in front of four people, but I played full out at the level of talking in front of four people. And I would like, I remember going off and having like diarrhea in the, in the toilet, like I'd have to put people on a break because I was just like had the shits because I was so freaking nervous. (laughs) So I played full out at that level. And then just then you develop a level of confidence there. And then you see the next stage and then so you go full out there, and you develop a level of competency, and then you see the next stage, so continuing to push, 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 I mean, I still have anxiety now, I still have self-doubt, but what I've developed over the years is that a huge amount of confidence, you know, that's the thing that when we put ourselves to the next level, we develop confidence and a huge capacity at the next level, so yeah, it's really exciting, because now, um, it, I'm now clear about, like, what the next 10 years is going to look like, and it's, it's really exciting like I'm gonna go back to the word juicy it's juicy I'm seeing you know this um, She Leads Live which is the event in Australia that I run um, which has like a celebrity speaker lineup and like it's got a really great brand name I'm seeing it now as like the name that's synonymous with leadership down this end of the world and then once we establish it um, throughout Australia New Zealand then we'll be taking it You know, to the next step. So yeah, I'm really excited. And the cool thing is, is that it's a very unique conversation. Mm. And what I wanted to do was have a kind of like an experience for women where they come along, and it's not the hype rah rah. I don't really know how to explain it, but it's not hype rah rah that it's like you're pumped up with motivation, and then in the weeks go, then you've got got to go back to reality, and you're almost disappointed with your life, and you look at your husband, and you're like, oh my god, you're not like that big excited. So I wanted to not do that. I wanted to have an experience where people truly got how extraordinary they are right where they are right now in their life. Not like, oh, you're extraordinary in a year's time once you do the work on yourself. Like, no, you're extraordinary right now. You've got gifts, even probably the things that you're thinking you need to change about yourself, AKA that was me. I shouldn't have had those things happen to me, yet those were the very things that are actually my gifts in a way. So like really having people have some big shifts at the event and then going home to their life with really being able to relate to their life in a more empowered experience, if that makes sense. So that the the growth and the changes are um, things that ripple effect and grow over time, not wear off after the event. So, you know, we did our last event and we followed up with people a year later to see where they're at. And it was really cool because we could see that the growth had kept growing from there. So it was really cool. Yeah. So that's what we're up to.
0: That alone impacting people's lives further than just for the day or for the weekend, or for the week. Yeah. There, how many events have you been to where you do leave with the rah-rah motivation? And while that yes. is good in the moment, yes, it does often leave you feeling like, oh, I'll have to go back to that now. Or, you know, I know. What, am I, what am I meant to, to do? There aren't tangible steps or tools that you're given. Um, but showing people what they're already made of what they already yes. have inside of them. And then what you started the conversation with off, you know, whenever we pressed record around, we're all going to die. What do you not want to regret? If you sit mm-hmm. and regret, if you sit in, I don't have, or in scarcity or in victim mode, like if you look inside, we all have things that we're good at. We all have gifts that we, we can share with the world, but most people aren't born to being told that we don't grow up being told oh you're unique you're special we're, we grow up being told you're too loud you're be quiet stay in your lane play small don't don't be too showy because you'll make other people feel bad like we're conditioned and conditioned and then even at a cellular level when your mom is pregnant with you there's things that she's told that you get stuck with mm-hmm. that i just learned about that through my breath work facilitation class i'm like great so i not only do i have my own shit i have to take her shit with me too it's just wild. So to, to know that I can show up at an event like yours and just be, be comforted because often we want to be seen, heard and told that mm. we're okay exactly the way we are. That there isn't mm-hmm. a bunch of shit we need to fix because I think as women, we're constantly seeking what can we fix? Hair, our skin, you know, plump the lips up, put the, the filter on the Instagram. Like you can't even show up as yourself anymore because it's not enough. It's not good enough.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's that one's, I think it makes a huge, I think it makes the difference actually when we really get that who we are. And I, I almost want to slow this conversation down because I feel like this can sound really cliched, but I really want whoever's listening to this conversation to really listen to this and really listen to it through the, the eyes of how does this actually relate to me and my experience right now? Like genuinely, and I want to speak to you as a listener right now, genuinely, you as you are right now in the life that you're living and the journey that you're on and the unique perspective that you have through the experiences that you've been through and your personality and the things that are calling to you, none of that is accidental, like for real. And sometimes the parts of ourselves like that can feel a bit quirky or like shouldn't have been like this or I'm not supposed to be like that. Sometimes those are a part of our superpower. And if you are even like in the online space, you actually need that stuff to come through. And sometimes we kind of whitewash our personalities a little bit, or we, you know, think this part is not okay. But, you know, it's, I just really get that we are exactly who we're supposed to be and where we're supposed to be. And then when we do that, we stop wasting the energy on trying to constantly fix ourselves or trying to get rid of the self-doubt. Tell you what, I've done every model mode of personal development and stuff out there. I've 10, 15 years of working on myself and just certain things. And I still haven't got rid of the bloody self-doubt and anxiety, like I still have it. Like I go to the next level and it comes up there. So you know what I've just realized through all this whole process, that it doesn't matter how many swish patterns I've done and I'm an NLP trainer myself. I was like, oh, it was a few years ago. I was like, oh it's not going away. Fuck. So guess what? I'm going to stop trying to make it. There we go. That just saves 40% of my internal mental space. (laughs) Wicked. So guess what? All of that energy can be focused on the shit I want to (laughs) create.
0: Amen. Oh my gosh. That's so true. When you take off the pressure to like I said, change or fix or think that that imposter syndrome is going to go away because every yeah. level that you reach, you're going to be surrounded by higher level people, like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. which are going to push you to get out of your comfort zone. And you're going to feel feelings of self-doubt, scared, anxiety, um, and imposter syndrome is something we talked about. I just got off a, a huge live event today and Dean Graciosa was the speaker talking about imposter syndrome and getting sweaty and nervous before he talks. And he said, he's the biggest introvert ever. And he still gets nervous to talk in front of like you said, yes. four people or a million people, which they're about to do a big yes. event. And he's like, it never goes away. So get the fuck over it.
1: Yes, exactly. It's so cool because all of that time and that energy, because whatever we are spinning our wheels on, on the inside of us, whatever we're spinning our wheels on is, is energy that we could spend in, in like thinking about what we're going to create or some, some solutions to the big thing that we're launching. So, you know, it's just, um, I think it's really important. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. So I am huge on non-negotiables. You hear me talk about, mm-hmm. this, talk about it on the podcast, on the Instagram. Um, I see a lot. I watch you a lot on your stories, and I see you and your husband have routines that you've kept going in your relationship to ensure that you're staying married, that you still <laughs> like each other, um, and more than like each other, that you're still in love and want to spend time with each other. And then I see yeah. you a lot of personal self care. So, can you talk to us about your personal non negotiables? And then for because you've been married for so long and you've had a relationship that's had its ups and downs, can you share some non-negotiables that you guys share in your relationship as well to keep what you have going?
1: Absolutely. So we've been together for 17 years and um, seriously, we, we could have easily divorced um, a million times over. <laughs> and um, uh, one of the things that we do that is absolutely non-negotiable and I think it's pivotal to us is that we have time apart. So once a month or more, one of us goes and stays in a hotel for four or five days. And so it's like so important, so, so, so important. Um, and like, let's say if I go away on my own, and when I go away on my own, I get to be Kate independent of the relationship. I get to have my own, I mean, we always have our own thinking, but I get to be with my own thinking and I'm not around the family. And I do a, do a lot there. And then when I come home, I've made new insights and fresh perspectives and insights and breakthroughs that I can bring back to the relationship and the conversation and so that's the first part is that I get to bring freshness back to the conversation but also because we've been apart like you know distance and separation relationship is one of the key factors of desire and if we you know the fact that we live and work together and we're always at home working together um, if we are around each other the whole time it's you know it's, it's easy to get frustrated with the small things that your partner does and just like, oh my God, it's so frustrating. Whereas, no, they're just being themselves. And so having that time apart, like it just creates freshness just by the pure nature that you've got separation. So that's really important. Like we would, actually, we, because we the other thing we do is we move house. We move house about every nine months so that we've got a fresh environment. And um, then... And that's just so key. I don't. I couldn't handle living in the one place for longer than nine months. We're just going through that process again. We've got to. We're moving in the next three weeks, and um, the we've got a bit of a process around that. So when we move from an old house, we um actually look at what are the things we want to leave behind in that old house and the old energy, and it can be energies that we're going to drop off, or it can be like ways of being or relating both individually and together and then when we go to the new place it's actually creating like the next chapter next chapter new environment new energy and new routines new just whatever is needed new in the next space huge difference
0: wow that's yeah i could just go on that and then just apply that to every aspect and it's funny because i've probably moved Fifteen times in the last twenty years, and people think I'm crazy, but I I, I feel like I kind of do that for myself too.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, same thing happens, and when I feel like I'm getting a little like stir crazy, and I feel like things need to shift and change, is that's when I know I need to move. Like that place, yes. outgrowing it, or that place isn't serving what you need anymore. But so
1: absolutely
0: I'm time um, with change and and allowing that to happen. So, I mean first and foremost, how, how did you guys even come to the conclusion that, hey, somebody needs to leave for a week? Did it, did it come from the <laughs> fight? Did you leave because you were upset and so someone took a week off and you were like, okay, now you can come home because I miss you? Or how did you guys decide to do that?
1: Well, Okay, so one of both. So first of all I used to go away I started going away about 5 6 years ago I started going away for what I call queen's weekends so once a month I went away just for myself and it was all about me getting away on my own just to recharge I had little kids not little, they weren't little little but I, you know little. two kids business yeah lot, lots of stuff yeah. so it start so that started the regular going away and then we and then Henry knew that he needed to go away so he started going away as well But back then, about six or seven years ago, we were still going through quite a lot of, um, I would say, headbutting in our relationship. And it was around about the time that we, the first couple of years that we moved to Bali. And I've got to say those two years, first two years were so intense here. So we headbutted a lot. Mm -hmm. And so around that time, we started creating times of separation to have times that we kind of, um, I don't know, just like everything from cooled down to have our own space to all of those things and then it just sort of organically came from that because we realized like oh this is really actually very useful and i reckon actually a lot of relationships could be a lot of relationships because i'm i'm not a advocate of all relationships that should stay together um, i left bailey's dad because it was not the right um, partnership um, yet i know that Hinari and i have got a great thing going And then we've also at the same time had a lot of things we've had to work through to be able to have a quality relationship together. So we've got core values and everything that aligns at the base. But if we didn't work through a lot of our stuff together, we would have a miserable marriage despite the core values being aligned. So um, this has been key in being able to get away from each other. And now we just love it. And so it is just literally a part of what we'll always do. And so, you know, we're at the phase of our life where our eldest has left home, we've got our youngest who's just about to turn 14, and we're really looking at the next phase of our life. I'm almost 40. I'm so excited. And so we're looking at, like, where, like what's the next chapter? And, you know, after our little one leaves, we'll definitely be doing a lot of travel. And, like, we are, our freedom is very important to both of us. And we want to have a future where, so, for example, let's say if I want to go to Europe for a month on my own and write a book and live in Italy, then I can do that. And, this that you know our relationship gets to be the solid base of support and partnership and ride or die that we get to have together, but we get to live our own independent lives as well. And for me and for Hinani, just our makeup, it's so important. Neither of us like being entangled with like another person, and um, yeah, it kind of feels like the best of both worlds: to have a strong relationship plus living a fully independent life, essentially. I'm sure it makes sense.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think anyone who's attracted to my energy and listening to this podcast probably is relating to this so hard right now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I am a pretty independent, strong minded person. And I find that it attracts a certain type of person um, and a partner. And then that's not always given. So I think that might be key to a lot of people seeking new relationships as they get older, whether it's for partnership to, to create a family or whatever. But opening your mind to the possibility of doing what works best for you as a couple versus what you're traditionally supposed to do what's not okay you know so I feel like that's why I think I admire you so much is because you guys do kind of roll at the beat of your own drum and it's it's based solely on staying married it's not based on oh I need my space it's more like I, I want to make this work let's do whatever we can and these are the things we found that have worked so it's it's working so let's keep doing them
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like at the end of the day, he's, he's my absolute best friend on the planet. There's no one else I have better conversations with. And one of my, one of our both favorite things is we hop into bed at night and talk for like an hour, still find each other sexy as well, you know, like this and there's still sexual attraction there. So it's not, yeah, it's, there's all of that stuff, but to have independence inside of a long-term relationship, I actually think is really key. And then just like a little summary point of the conversation we've just had is to create newness in a a long-term relationship. I think future-proof is a relationship because if we're just relating to the person as how we've always related to them, then we stay in the roles that we get into and that becomes such a lid because it's like, this is who I am to you, this is who you are to me and there's no way of seeing or relating to each other any different. But to put some of these things in place or work out for yourself what actually works and you can play... With that, then it creates newness and newness is part of growth.
0: Okay, you're speaking to my soul right now because this really is relatable to what I'm going through. We're going to continue that conversation on the side. Well, maybe we'll do a second podcast on <laughs> relationships because I feel like you I just turned 40 and you know, say we have a lot in common and we could wrap on that for hours. But so what are your personal non-negotiables that get you where you are in the daily because to operate at the level that you do you have to be in the right headspace you have to be able to focus you have to be able to see vision you have to be able to get clear on things what are some things that support you on the daily that are enable you to do what you do Mm,
1: i'd say uh extreme self-care in the that looks different at different times and I'm, I had a honestly, I'll be honest, during the, the corona period, I definitely let go of my self care to the point that um, has me feel amazing. And I've, I'm just newly in the last three months back on that track and it feels so freaking good. So I'm really prioritizing feeling extraordinary. And then that's a lot of things. So, for you know, it's really prioritizing exercise. And that was the thing that dropped off last year for me. So it dropped off, like I was always exercising little bits here and there, but nothing that it was like a total non-negotiable consistency, raising the bar, here's my standard, which that's how it is now. Um, So that's probably the most important thing for me. And then um, my nutrition is on point these days, which also that wasn't last year. Um, And just like really prioritizing self-care. The other thing that often isn't, I would say, mentioned at this point when a question like that's answered, but it's really important is boundaries 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 um, that's a non-negotiable for me is, and it's really important to have strong boundaries in all sorts of respects and I have noticed that every time like we grow and we grow to a new level often the thing that needs to get reassessed is new boundaries because the boundaries of the old level don't usually cut it at the new level. So it's interesting because we are just really growing in a new way at the moment. And I'm just having to reassess, like, how do I have great relationships with people and um, provide like the things that I want to provide while also having um, quite a clean space around me and having um, clarity of um, different things that is really important. I know that probably sounds very vague, but um yeah it's a whole new learning. And sometimes I find like, you know, we can have a conversation around boundaries and we can have breakthroughs in the area. But then when you go to a new level, you've got to tweak and fine-tune an aspect of it. And that's certainly the space I'm in right now is fine-tuning some of those aspects of boundaries.
0: Yeah. You know what's funny is that also was touched on at the very end with Dean as well in the call. And I feel like I talk about boundaries a lot. And I think some people confuse boundaries for some things that maybe they're not. For me, a boundary is almost like a, it's a predecided decision around something when I'm not in, in the situation. So it's not a reactive thought. It's mm-hmm. not a response. Mm-hmm. It's a, if the situation arises, it's a hard no for me or it's a yes for me, or it's, that's not going to be in my space, or I'm not going to allow for that energy to come in. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to go, oh my God, what do I do? Should I answer? Like, uh, uh, I don't sit in that indecision. Just like you were saying earlier, you are able to be decisive. And I feel like that's something I've gotten a little bit better at as well, because I already made these boundaries. And it's like, I decided this is what I needed to do in order to move this way in my life. Um, and when I, when I teach boundaries, it's, it's so interesting because The number one thing that comes up for people are usually excuses around time or their energy or like this got in the way or that and it's like but if you had your boundaries in place it should have been a little bit easier for you to Mm -hmm. say sorry that's not where i'm what i can do right now or allowing people to suck your time um yeah he was saying there's like four things that he commits time to which is his family his work and then like there was like two other things that were like yeses but everything else was a no and he was like, he's unapologetic about how he, what he says yes and no to 90% of the things he says no to. And I think for people pleasers and a lot of women, we want people to like us. We want to feel like we're like you, like you were telling me the story about running around, trying to make your event perfect, saying yes to everything. Yes. It served you well for a second, but at the end of the day, like you just can't put your energy everywhere. Like you have to be Mm -hmm. able to focus. If you're going to move the needle in your business, your life, your relationships, or any of that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and so so one of the areas I'll give you just like an example of where I've seen like I've had to like clean up in the last, which was January this year. The big job was January, was essentially I realised like oh my god because I've grown like a really large team, and then I actually what I didn't realise was now we're at a point where the team is large, but now a lot of my time was spent so this is past tense supporting the team, so there wasn't any boundaries around when the team could contact me for questions and so like throughout my day I'd be getting little questions here and there so huge big shift one I put an operations manager in place that took care of all of that and then had really clear boundaries of what actually gets escalated to Kate and then how that gets escalated to Kate so in a way that I only see it when I open up one certain thing and I open it up every two days and it takes me half an hour of my time to answer anything that is just for Kate and um and then also the agreements of um where to go before you contact Kate. And that was re- that's really important because it, you know, what is something that I can uniquely answer versus what can you get within the team? What can you get from the ops manager? What can you research yourself? So yeah, that was, a, that was about a six week cleanup process and I had to be ruthless and had to employ a part of myself that wasn't nice Kate. And I had to be clear, repetitive, straight, direct, and part of those conversations were challenging. And in that time period, two people left the team because they didn't like that new level of relating. So it's really interesting. And I think sometimes, you know, just even that comment, when we go to a new level and we put down different things in place, sometimes not everyone's going to go with you.
0: Mm. No, and to make that relatable for anybody who doesn't have a team or a business, like that can apply to like a, a just, you know, you're, you're the average person who is just a, maybe an entrepreneur or you're working for, say, you're in the salon industry like I am. Um, boundaries around creating systems in your life. I know systems sound scary and like all that thing. If you don't really know what that means, but basically what she's saying is she had to implement things over and over and over again until everyone around her in her circle understood the level of what she was going to operate. And then they either adapted or they left. And that's how, you know, when you move into a new space and you don't have the energy to be where you used to be family members, friends, coworkers, clients, like they're the ones that are either going to adjust or they're going to go away. And that just creates room for the magic to happen and new opportunities to come into your life or your business. So I, I love that you just shared that and to make it relatable on, you know, maybe a smaller scale for people who don't operate teams. But even for salon owners, I'm, I'm, it's popping in my head right now. Like how many times do we go asking questions when we can figure stuff out on our own, right? Like you're mm. so quick to be like, oh, I don't know, help me. Versus like, Mm let me figure
1: it out myself, you know? Absolutely. I worked with a a client of mine was a gym owner and she had, um, you know, instructors in her gym, which it could be similar to like a salon sort of a setup. And she was the answer to everyone's question. And so she had created a relationship that if you wanted something, you come to me. She was exhausted. She couldn't function effectively. Just a typical high achieving Overfunctioner. And the thing about overfunctioning is it trains people to underfunction around us. So that's just as true in business as it is in families. And I even look at a lot of women who are just super capable with a huge bandwidth. Hello, probably a lot of the women that are listening to this. You know, if, if we've got a large bandwidth, often we can deal with a lot of balls in the ear. And then we naturally start picking up some of the balls for other people around us, including in our family be our partners our kids our friends our colleagues our clients and then we we unknowingly set up this expectation that if you need something I'm the person for you so it feels like all roads lead to x person and then that just really congests time because then over time people start to underperform
0: yeah and then that's when this the shit really hits the fan
1: yes yes
0: Oh my God, Kate! I feel like I could talk to you for hours about like productivity, life, like business, all of the things. Um, but I'm watching you. I see you at the getting your workouts, and you're motivating me. So personally, I just want to say thank you for showing up the way you do, because um, the the world needs more women like you, especially making an impact on other women and helping us just see the light that's inside all of us. Because yeah, it's it's all about what you already have inside of you, not what you need to fix or sometimes even crazy.
1: oh thanks Jess I so appreciate that and again can I jump in I want to say something so uh Jess said right at the start of this conversation that we met she was my coach on the mastermind and I just want to say the first time I met you I'm like this woman is the real freaking deal and I just remember thinking like initially after like the first five minutes of talking I want to be your friend because like you're, you're just so incredible um behind the scenes as well and I think, you know, I've interviewed so many incredible people all around the world who are up to stuff. That's not always the case. I think, you know, sometimes people can have like a front persona and then they're different behind the scenes. You're just the real deal through and through. You have such a big heart and you're just, you're amazing. So I just want to say, um, yeah, for anyone listening, Jesus, the super freaking real deal, which you probably already know is why you listen to her stuff, but you're amazing. I'm so glad that we're connected.
0: Thank you. And if this doesn't just showcase, if you can if you can drop into who you really are and be just the authentic version of yourself, like social media, uh, the world of entrepreneurship is so saturated with people trying to be like each other. Now there's certain things that we know work, right? You don't need to go reinvent the wheel for, I don't know, sales, copy, and opt-ins like, yeah, copy someone who's killing the game, but you Mm -hmm. have to show up as your authentic self because Kate and I could be pitching the same thing, selling the same thing, But we are both individually different humans and we're going to attract who we're going to attract and there's enough for everybody to go around. So if you're thinking about starting something, growing something, find a mentor, find a coach, find some inspiration. Kate has an amazing podcast that is highly inspirational. She has epic guests on there. So follow her. And, um, you know, we always love hearing from you guys. So any, any things that you want to share, any takeaways that you had from this, please post rate, review, share all the things. Um, Kate, what's your Instagram handle? I'm I'm on your, your thing right now.
1: It's amazing thank you at kate ruby aroha okay. so kate ruby and then aroha is a
0: r o h a i love that beautiful name i wish i had a fancy name like that okay guys it is so good to you know bring you guests like kate because i feel like it up levels me to step up my game and i hope that you guys found some value in today's podcast and we will see you on the next one